You know, I wonder, what do you think are the most lost items? What do we lose the most? I've got a list of eight things here. So let's see how many you get right. What do you reckon is the number eight on the list? Hmm, that doesn't even come on it. Well, that was a good one, then. Keys is number one. Second is glasses is number four. Well done. Yes. Remote control. Absolutely. Wow. That's number five. Yes. Well, socks is number seven. Doesn't say shoes. Mobile phone. Yep, number two. And the phone charger, number eight, as I said. What about money? Money is number six. Now, while in the UK, it's keys that's number one, what do you think is number one in the United States? We have mentioned it. Believe it or not, it's the remote control. Guns, somebody said, yeah. I don't think they get lost. Yeah, so remote control in the States. Now, do you know we spend about five minutes searching for items and up to 20 minutes looking for lost keys? Often we find other things when we go looking for these things. It's strange. Only this week I was looking for my swimming costume and I opened up the drawer to find a pair of glasses in there. How did they get there? On the Uber list of lost and found, the top 10 items most frequently left behind in Ubers are phone, camera, wallet, keys, purse, backpack, clothing, glasses, headphones, e-cig or vape, believe it or not, an ID license. How about on planes? Who's ever lost something on a plane? Is that you or me? That's me, isn't it? Yes. I left my wallet on a plane. We drived in Australia, got off the plane, no wallet, no driving license, no money. It was never found. In those days, I had an American Express, so within 24 hours, one was delivered. So, on our iPlane, sorry, on Aeroplanes, iPad, iPhone, neck pillows, water bottles, clothes, scarves, glasses, sunglasses, Kindles, cameras, passports. Do you know, it's meant to be a sign of intelligence if you lose things. How does that make sense? I would have thought the opposite. And not surprisingly, it's Monday mornings when we look the most four things, and that makes over 65% late for work. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, it records three parables of lost items. He talks of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, which we generally know as the prodigal son. And each of these parables is a great celebration when things are found. And that celebration is in heaven, as well as on earth. Now, there can be several takes on this story. And you could ask, why on earth would 
heaven celebrate over a lost coin? But we need to look deeper into this story to understand it. Now Luke 15 has been called the gospel of the gospel, for it tells the very essence of the good news which Jesus came to tell. You see, all the parables that we read in the Bible generally relate to situations at that time. Listen, listen to the opening verses of Luke 15. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. That's to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. It was an offense to the scribes and Pharisees that Jesus associated with men and women who by the orthodox were labeled as sinners. In fact, the Pharisees called them the people of the land and were completely separated from them. The Pharisaic rule stated, when a man is one of the people of the land, entrust no money to him, trust him with no secret, and do not accompany him on a journey. So you can begin to understand why they were shocked that Jesus not only spent time with outsiders, but sinners. But listen to the statement that the strict Jews even said. They said, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who is obliterated before God. I'll say that again. The Jews stated there would be more joy in heaven over one sinner who is obliterated before God. Jesus' message was the opposite. He said, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repent, repents. Talk about a different take on things. So Jesus told them the parable of the lost sheep and the shepherd's joy. In Judea, the shepherd had a hard and dangerous task. Pasture was scarce, with the central plateau only a few miles wide, and then it plunged down with wide cliffs and desert. The shepherd was personally responsible for the sheep. For if a sheep was lost, he had to bring back the fleece to show how it died. These shepherds were experts at tracking and could follow the sheep for miles, following their footprints across the hills. Many a day, the shepherd risked his life for his own sheep. Or as you heard me say last week, David, the shepherd boy, killed a lion and a bear. You see, most of these flocks were communal flocks owned by, not by individuals, but by the village, with two or three shepherds taking care of them. If a sheep was missing, the villagers were told that a shepherd was still out on the mountainside searching and the whole village would be on watch. And when in the distance, the shepherd appeared with a lost sheep over his shoulders, there would be shouts of joy and of thanksgiving. You see, this is the picture Jesus drew of God. 
That, said Jesus, is what God is like. God is glad when a sinner is found. A bit like a shepherd bringing a stray sheep home. Someone once said, God too knows the joy of finding things that have gone lost. Many of you know the story of the shepherd with the sheep over his shoulders, but I know there are people who are visiting and may not know it. So why is the shepherd carrying the sheep? Is it the one that went astray? Yes, it most likely is. But why is he on the shoulder? The sheep's got a broken leg. But why has he got a broken leg? And this is going to shock you. The shepherd broke the leg of the sheep. Why would he do that? Why would a shepherd who cares for his sheep break the leg of the sheep? Well, it would often run away and go astray. And the shepherd would have to go and find the sheep and bring him back. However, he knew that if he broke the leg of the sheep, the sheep could not run away. So he carried the sheep. And at the end of the day, the sheep slept by his feet. That leg took six weeks to mend. At the end of the six weeks, what do you think happened? Did the shepherd, sorry, did the sheep go astray? No. Remained by the feet of the shepherd. In the story of the lost sheep, there's an incredible underlying thought here. That God is kinder than humankind. The Orthodox would write off the tax collectors and the sinners as if deserving nothing but destruction. But not so God. While we may give up the hope of a sinner, God does not. God loves those who have never gone astray. But his heart, there is joy of joys when a lost one is found and comes home. I said earlier, I have an affinity with sheep. About 35 years ago, I was away from God. And I was going through a lull spot. And there's a lovely walk that we know, uh, which is a coastal walk near Wareham. I got up early one morning and I arrived down at Worth Matravers, probably about 5.30 in the morning. No one was around, just me. And I went through this star, over the stile into the valley and I crossed to the other side of the valley. And in the field opposite there were a load of sheep. It was full of sheep. And as soon as they saw me, they froze. And then the sheep that was nearest to me called out and said, It's Baha! It's Bahari. And that changed how I was feeling at that time. I felt that God had his hand on my life. And yes, I'd gone astray, but he was drawing me back. In Luke chapter 15, verse 10, we read, For the Son of Man, meaning Jesus, came to seek out and save the lost. 
Did the coin know it was lost? No. Did the prodigal son know he was lost? Eventually. Did the sheep know it was lost? No doubt. What about you? Are you lost? Have you allowed the Lord Jesus to be your good shepherd? Have you said, I've had enough of doing things my own way, and I need you, Lord Jesus, to lead me on from now? If you haven't, ask Jesus into your life to change it for the better. And if you do do so, heaven will be celebrating along with ABC. In closing, take a look around. See who's here. See who's not here. Who's gone astray since COVID? Who from our blessings video that we're not going to show today has not returned to church, but you can see their picture. Take a moment to pray for someone that you know is not here or not in your regular church. But why not phone them? Or even better, go and visit them. The vicar noticed one winter's evening that a parishioner hadn't been at church for several weeks. It was dark and cold, and he turned up on the man's house, knocked on the door. The man opened the door, and they came in and sat together. Not a word was spoken. They just stared at the cold fire. After a moment, one of the coals, a hot coal, spat out. The vicar picked up the tongs and put it back into the hearth, and then left. The man was at church next Sunday, realizing that he was the hot coal that had been spat out and needed to return back to the fire. So in your heart of hearts, pray for somebody you know who's not come back to church. Just take a moment, and then we'll end with our closing song.